Hey, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is December 23rd, 2020, and today we're going to be talking all about self-sabotage. What is it? Why do we do it? And how do we get over it? And it's a question that I get a lot from people, so welcome to it. Um, If you've been listening, you know that on last week's episode, I talked about holding space for a loved one. And I'm going to get to a question in that um, about that in just a minute. But before, I just want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up. We're going to be talking about, like I said, self-sabotage. What is it? Um, Well, it's annoying and it's defeating and keeps us from getting what we really want. But how do we break through that pattern? What do we do? We're going to get into that and more. But before we do that, let's get over to the official What's next? Question and answer. Hey, what's next? Okay, empty nexters. So, like I said, on last week's episode, I talked about holding space for a loved one and different things that you need to come to the table with in order to do that and essentially not take everything personally or as a as that person's reflection of how they feel about you Um, and also not disconnect and lose too much from yourself if you're trying to take on everybody else's emotions and this question is um, along those lines and it's something that I think a lot of us struggle with especially when you care about somebody and you want to get in there and make things better But holding space doesn't always mean you fix everything because when you fix everything or you try to get in there and fix everything, you really end up just disconnecting from and losing yourself. And then you're just angry and resentful and feeling lonely. So the question is this, Lisa, I've been with my boyfriend now for about two years and I've really been trying to hold space for him as he's going through a difficult time. He's been experiencing some sadness and kind of going inward. And so I try to listen to him and hold space. However, he's not making any changes, which is affecting our relationship adversely. Am I doing something wrong or is there something else he could be doing? Okay, this is an amazing question because a lot of times we think, well, my boyfriend or my girlfriend came to me. And they need me to be their sounding board or to listen because they're going through a rough time. And what we know for sure is that everybody goes through rough times. Nobody's perfect. We're all human. And so there are going to be times where your partner goes through um, a difficult time, whether that be with work or personally, mood-wise, family-wise. There's a lot of things that tend to pop up. So to answer your question, holding space means... Yes, listening, being objective, right? So not judging. Um, But also when this comes to a person that you're sharing your life with or building a life with, I should say, if they have specific things going on that are affecting your relationship adversely, for example, they can identify to you that they're feeling depressed. And this hasn't been going on for a couple of days. This has been going on for a couple of months and therefore they're withdrawn and they're, you know, not finding fulfillment in their job. And there's things that are piling up that's affecting not only them, but your relationship as a whole adversely. I would tell you that, yes, you can listen and be objective. However, 
that person, your person, needs to add an extra layer on rather than just talking about it and start to be accountable for what they're going to do about it. And that is an okay question to ask your partner. You can say something to the effect of, I hear that you're struggling and I can see that you're struggling and I'm so sorry. It, it breaks my heart to see you this way. I, I'm going to ask you though, what's your plan? What do you want to do about this to feel better? And then that's their job to be accountable for themselves, be proactive and fix the problem. If they're not going to be accountable and take steps to fix the problem, nothing you say, no amount of space you hold, no nothing is going to start to make that better. You're going to continue to see your relationship deteriorate because a really important component, the other half of it, isn't taking steps to be accountable for themselves. And so I would tell you, yes, you can love and support somebody. You can't do it for them. So if it's getting to the point where it's gone on for so long that it's it's really affecting your relationship and your connection, it's more than okay to ask that person, I need to know what you're going to do about this. How can I love and support you as you seek out answers to try to make this better? They're responsible for themselves. You can love and support them, but you cannot fix this for them. I hope that helps. If you guys have questions, please email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can check me out on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. And I try to get to all of your questions. So send me an email, send me a message, let me know what it is you'd like to hear, and I will do my best to dedicate a show topic to it. So without further ado, let's move on. Um, Self-sabotage. Oh my goodness, it's a big deal. And a lot of times we don't even realize we're doing it. So as we're all preparing for this holiday season, for whatever this pandemic's going to bring next, um, let's take a look at our own behavior and make sure we're not sabotaging our goals without even really realizing it. It's a bigger problem than people think. And I had quite a few of you write in about this. Um most of it being with romantic relationships. You can identify that you're self-sabotaging in a relationship, but that's a really difficult pattern to get yourself out of. So identifying it is the first step, but understanding why and how to get out of it is the next step. So that's what I want to talk about today. Let's first actually define, other than annoying, what self-sabotage is. And basically, you know, the simplest definition is self-sabotage. It's when you're undermining your own goals and value. So for example, if you have a goal to be in a relationship, to have a family, to want to be married, whatever that is, but every time you get into a relationship, you're pushing that person away. You are acting in ways that don't align with your values or who you think you are. That could be a sign that you are self-sabotaging and you can acknowledge that, you know, there's something out there that you genuinely want and you think would be good for you, whether it be losing weight, getting a different job, finding a partner. However, your behavior doesn't coincide with getting you there. So it's a direct conflict with that goal, right? And I want to be clear that self-sabotaging behaviors can be both subconscious and conscious. So It depends on how aware you are of yourself. So really, as you listen to this, try to take an honest look at your patterns and your behaviors. Um, Conscious self-sabotage 
is when you're aware of the fact of what you're doing, when you're aware of the fact that you're undermining your goals and your values, right? Um, So maybe you're procrastinating doing something you know that you want slash needs to get done. Um, And so you can consciously say, yeah, I'm not doing that. I don't know why I'm not doing it, but I'm doing other things. I'm prioritizing other things in front of that subconscious unconscious self-sabotage is when you are doing something that undermines that goal or value but you actually don't realize it until you look back on it right so maybe people with say um, a strong fear of failure right Uh, maybe in their jobs maybe they're they're afraid of failing they got a promotion and now they're afraid of failing and so their behavior starts to subconsciously self-sabotage that job because then maybe they can control that failure, i.e. they've been late to work three times and they don't really care and they know the next one might get them fired. Um, but it maybe it's because they're afraid of failure in that position. So you're kind of doing it um, without knowing it, right? So you have a habit of showing up late or you're, you're handing in work that isn't it as good as it could be and so there's a lot of different reasons we fall into this self-sabotage mode and I think you know before we move on much further I want us to understand what causes it and then what to do about it so let's talk about some examples of what self-sabotage might look look might look like um, and I want to be clear that more people than you think self-sabotage. A lot of self-sabotage is is subconscious. It's patterns we've learned from childhood. It's coping skills we've learned from childhood that maybe we think are working for us or are protecting us, but really they're getting us further and further away from our goal. And so some people do it, you know, occasionally, relatively kind of minor consequences, not a big deal. So it's not like really adversely affecting their life. But for other people, it's definitely a chronic pattern. So something that happens a lot and it's causing big problems in their work life and their relationships. So things like procrastination. And I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that, yes, procrastination is a self-sabotage technique. And here's the deal. We put things off, um, mowing the lawn, going to the gym. Um, we don't write the paper that's due. We don't clean out our office, things like that. And yeah, sometimes we just procrastinate because we don't have motivation um, or we just prioritize different things. But the important part that I, if you've got things outstanding that you know are hanging out there, you're procrastinating about, I want you to ask yourself right now, why am I doing that? Is it because I feel like prioritizing this Christmas movie marathon over cleaning out the closet, it's not that important? Okay, fair, you're human. But if you are putting off, say, applying for a job or looking for a promotion, and you're prioritizing other things, video games, movies, whatever, lounging around... It could be because you're afraid of failure or you're afraid of change. So it's important to ask yourself why you're doing it. And if why you're doing it is based in fear, then odds are you're self-sabotaging. You know, substance abuse is another one that that can fall into the category of self-sabotage because sometimes we think it's like a way to decompress Or it's just, you know, something that all of your friends do and it's social. 
you've got to ask yourself again, why are you doing it? Are you doing it to cope and to shut off the world? Are you doing it because you don't want to face reality because that's scarier than than um, you know, drowning your sorrows? And so the why here, guys, is really important. If you're doing it to avoid growth, to avoid change, to avoid hard feelings, that is self-sabotage. And, you know, that's it's basically the saddest part for me is that it's really keeping you from all the things I think really a lot of us want. We're just afraid or we don't think we're worthy of having. Um, it's the same thing with being late, right? Sometimes people are just rude and they're late and they don't care about other people's time. However, if you've got if you're someone like with say social anxiety and you show up late all the time, you could be, that's a fear. That's a, a fear-driven why, right? If you have social anxiety, you're having a perceived fear about showing up. Therefore, being late, you may think, is protecting you. But really, all that's doing in the long run is keeping you from developing healthy, good relationships that might help you overcome your anxiety. You know, and the list honestly could go on and on. We have... Um, Uh, stress eating, emotional eating. If you're not making healthy habits and you're putting off, say, getting healthy or making a change, if it's because you're afraid of that version of you, you're afraid of failing, if you lose 20 pounds and then you mess it up, you're self-sabotaging. And if if you guys haven't figured out the theme that I'm going with here, self-sabotaging is fear-based. It is fear-based because you're afraid of what might happen or you're afraid that something good might be taken away or you're not worthy of something good. And so a lot of overcoming self-sabotage has to do with connecting to your self-worth, connecting to your wants and values and needs, and knowing that you can trust yourself enough to be okay if something goes wrong. Um, Which brings me to kind of my last point when I'm talking about examples, and it's the biggest one that I get questions about. Why do we self-sabotage our relationships? You know, um, a lot of people, I think, find themselves in the habit of abandoning or ruining maybe healthy friendships, romantic relationships. And I would tell you nine times out of ten, people who self-sabotage relationships have a hard time with uh, vulnerability and they're afraid of getting hurt. Or they're afraid of maybe commitment. And I always say, if you've listened to my other podcast, commitment issues is not a fear of commitment. It's a fear of yourself. Meaning maybe you don't trust yourself to be in a long-term committed relationship. But on the surface, you say, of course I want that. Well, to get that, you're going to have to become emotionally available to maybe some uncomfortable situations and know that you are self-sabotaging because you are afraid. Uh, You're afraid of it going wrong. You're afraid of getting hurt. You're afraid of choosing wrong. And that basically comes down to an inability of trusting yourself. You can only connect with people and things as far as you've connected with yourself. And so if you have to take a step back here and say, who am I? What are my values? What are my priorities? How am I connecting to my self-worth, my confidence? Then do that. Have an honest conversation with yourself because 
more often than not, self-sabotaging is a way for you to subconsciously control this perceived failure that you think is inevitable. And the, the good part here, though, my friends, is that you have a choice. You can allow yourselves to be kind of flooded with the pain and the fear from the past um, and engage in this self-sabotaging behavior, or you can choose to see this as an opportunity to work on yourself, to repair old wounds, to overcome your fears, to be open to what happens next, to be emotionally available to what happens next. And there are different ways you can do that. You know, again, if you've listened to my other podcasts, I tell you guys a lot that it's important to look at your childhoods and understand how you learn to process your emotions, what your attachment style is, how you were parented, because it's your emotional, it's your emotional memory from childhood that a lot of times dictates how you show up for yourself as an adult. So for example, if your emotions were minimized as a child or emotions weren't talked about um, growing up, odds are you're not comfortable with them. So when you find yourself in a position to actually feel, to be vulnerable and have emotions, that's so uncomfortable to you based on what you learned growing up, you just kind of shut down and run away, which is really difficult as an adult because in theory, maybe, of course you want a committed, healthy relationship. But if you're afraid of your own emotions, you're definitely going to be afraid of somebody else's. It's going to make you so uncomfortable. Or if you were minimized as a child or made fun of as a child for having emotions, you never learn to have confidence in yourself and your wants and your needs. And that needs to end today. You are worthy. Your wants and needs matter. And you are capable of trusting yourself and being vulnerable to get to where you want to go. And you have to be, to do that, it's really important to be mindful of your behavior You know, insecurities, they're just inevitable. They're a part of life at times. And it's how you come through those and persevere that's going to help you in the long run. You know, everybody has stuff that we're working on. And it's really important to take an honest look at what your stuff is. What's your pattern? Where did that pattern come from? And why are you making the choices you're making today? If it's fear... If it's fear of putting yourself out there, fear of getting hurt, fear of choosing the wrong person, the wrong job, the wrong move, whatever it is, you decide what you want and then you make a plan to do it. Could it go horribly wrong? Yeah. I mean, it could. But at the same time, if you're connected to your worth and your confidence, then you can trust yourself to you can trust yourself enough to be okay if it does go horribly wrong. That's life, guys. And if you're putting pressure on yourself to be perfect and to make all the right decisions, who are you wasting a lot of time? Because the beautiful part about being human is that we all mess up. I mean, we just do. And if you make the wrong decision, you pick yourself up, you grieve what you need to grieve, you learn from it, and then you move forward. And to do that, you have to practice self-compassion. Self-love and self-worth, I talk about it a lot, but that comes from self-compassion, meaning when you mess up, when you're afraid, when you don't think you can do something, 
or even when you realize you're self-sabotaging for the first time, rather than getting mad at yourself and saying, oh, why do I do this? Or getting mad at your parents for minimizing your emotions and getting pissed off at your circumstance, I want you to be able to dial that back a little bit and have some compassion for yourself as a human. Soften your approach to yourself and say, you know what, I'm trying. I don't know what to do yet, but I'm going to figure that out. And when I find something that feels good, that gets me to where I want to go, I'm going to stick with that because it's a learning experience. And if you've been doing it wrong up to this point, okay, that's okay. You have an opportunity to give yourself the love, acceptance, and compassion that maybe your parents should have given you, that maybe an ex-partner should have given you, that altered how you view yourself or you view relationships. Anytime an insecurity pops up or a fear of intimacy pops up, I would tell you more often than not, that is your inner child jumping up and down, screaming, hey, will somebody love me and tell me I'm okay? That's what that is. So when you can start to recognize that in yourself, you have an opportunity to love that inner child. And resolving resolving those wounds from the past doesn't mean they go away. Um, I would love it if it, they did. But they're all a part of your story and a part of you. Resolving wounds from your past that led to patterns that aren't working for you now means you you, ha- you give yourself the wisdom as an adult to love that inner child when they pop up. So when you're insecure, when you're afraid, when you're angry and don't know why, that's your inner child saying, hey, will someone tell us we're okay? We're afraid here. Can someone be the adult we needed and tell us we're okay? It doesn't make the, the, the story go away, but it gives you the knowledge to be able to love yourself and your inner child as you are today. Have self-compassion. Be soft with yourself and be kind with yourself as you're figuring things out. And also know that you are worthy of every single beautiful thing you want and this life has to offer. Sometimes to get there, though, you've got to be afraid and do it anyway. And the, the results on the other side of it can be rewarding, can be magical. They can also be not what you thought they'd be. And that's when you trust yourself enough to say, oh, God, did I make the wrong decision here? But now I'm going to love myself enough to get myself out. And that is self-sabotaging in a nutshell. I hope at the very least what this episode can do is spark some thoughts in your mind and your heart to take a look at your patterns and your behavior and really get down to the bottom of what it is you want and are the actions and behaviors that you are that you're you're throwing out there is that getting you closer to what you want and if it is fantastic if it's not ask yourself why you're making the choices you're making are you afraid do you not feel like you're worthy enough does something feel right not right and you're not trusting yourself be really honest with yourself My other bit of advice before I sign off here is I want everyone listening to have such a magical, restful, beautiful holiday. And even if that means that you're just alone with a movie and some hot cocoa, um, take this time to really reflect on how much you've been able to accomplish this year, how much you've been able to grow 
even if it's something very little, you've tackled your social anxiety, you've taken, even if it's just one day to connect to your worth, um, be proud of that. Take some time this holiday season to be proud of yourselves, to soften your approach to yourselves and know that you're trying and you are worthy of love. And I will be thinking of you all and I appreciate you all so much and I will be back with a new episode after the holidays. I've had an overwhelming demand to talk about stages of relationships. So stages of relationships, how you can be the chooser, not the chosen. So I'm going to get into that after the holidays. But in the meantime, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And don't forget, today is a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya.